What's up, everybody? I'm TJ. And I'm Kelsey. And we are the, the Nashville, Nashville Wine Duo. Duo. All right, we are here in Franklin, Tennessee at Gray's on Main on the third floor. I've never been up here before. Aww. We have a lot of lady energy. We have Joni here, the co-owner, and Jillian, the bartender manager mm -hmm. at OB Joyful. Yep. So we're so excited. Thank you guys for doing this with us today. Thank you. Yes. What an honor. Yes. So we really just want to dive right into like the history of I know that this one started first. Grays on Main mm -hmm. was the original, right. and then Obi Joyful followed. So, exactly. why don't we, Joni, you start with just your story and how you how this all happened? Yeah. Well, first, thank you so much, both of you, for having us. Um, this is such an honor. We love to talk about Grays and OBJ both. We love being in downtown Franklin. I mean, where could you have a better restaurant and bar than on Main Street in downtown Franklin? So, we love talking about it. So, thank you so much. Uh, this year is our 10 year anniversary at Grace. So August 4th, we will have been open 10 years. Wow. Michael and I found this building about 12 years ago. The renovation start took us about 18 months. We had looked and looked for about six years for a building like this that was very historic, that was very uh, family oriented, a gathering place. We did a lot of research prior to that, bars, speakeasies, restaurants, music venues, and we truly wanted it to be a gathering place for Franklin, for the people, but then also for all the tourists that come and go. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where it started. Gotcha. So you were, well, your whole vision in mind, y'all wanted it to be kind of this like old school feel, yes. it sounds like, which this building right. has a lot of history. What was um, like, what was the building, or building originally? So the building was built in 1876 and originally it was a farm, uh, furniture store. Okay. So when we walked into the building, it had been empty for 10 years. So you can imagine what Michael and I walked into after being empty. I mean, it was abandoned for 10 years. Second and third floor here, there was never any public here. So there had been fires up here. There were, um, you know, it was just super, super dirty. But we found an old elevator, which you can kind of see a little bit of yes. it behind. And I know they're going to do some B-roll a little bit later, so y'all see that. But the elevator was over in the corner, literally behind me with a wooden plank, big, huge uh, pulley system system that had been here. And on, there's a date on this elevator that says 1871. So that wow. was the date that it was built, brought in. Um, and then you could see down below the wooden plank to the second floor and they would hoist pulley all the furniture up here. So about 10 years of the life of, Gra of Grace at the very beginning was a furniture store. Then after that, it became a, a pharmacy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how do you feel like, so once y'all got into this space, what, what was the reception right away from the oh my community. Gosh. Well, so, you know, we kept, um, we love a surprise and we wanted to give back to the community. And so we kept paper on the windows forever. My husband, Michael, he's a Disney artist and he's also an architect. So when you marry those two together, this is what you get. Yeah. So in this building, it is a um, eye candy. It is stimulus for everything that you can imagine that just makes architects and uh, interior designers and all these people so excited to actually walk in. And that's what we wanted. We wanted you to feel like 
that you are going home because this was a gathering place for all the Franklinites, but also as a tourist that you're somewhere and the home folk that you're somewhere funky and edgy. Mm -hmm. So you're going to see a really nice mix of both things. So when we decided to open on August 4th, 10 years ago, uh, the city allowed us to close the street down because the sign had not been on for 10 years. That sign was extremely endearing for, to a lot of people. Mm. So we had a street party outside. The old Grays was outside. A lot of servers and different people were doing 1950s style street party, tents, yada, yada. And then we had an open house and you could walk through the new Grays. We had no idea how many people were going to show up. Over 4,000 people showed up. Oh my gosh. I mean, if you go to our website <laughs> wow. now, you can see some of those photos. It was it was so fun. Was I was really a nervous wreck the entire time. <laughs> and so then Michael and I, we stood out the, we hung out the window and we did a countdown. So the entire 4,000 people counted down 10, 9, 8, 7, and then we turned on the it's light. It's like New Year's Eve. Oh my gosh. It was so <laughs> yeah. like New Year's Eve. I would love to recreate that. So awesome. Yeah. We had a stage out there. You know, when you're in it doing all of that, you don't really... You enjoy it, but you don't appreciate it until it's all over. And then you think, oh, my gosh, that was a moment in time, a piece of history. Yeah. One quick story. Several people, I mean, very elderly, I mean, of course, 4,000 people showed up, but police were everywhere. There was this old man that came up to the police and he said, I can't make it that far. He said, is there any way you can get me a little closer? I have to see that sign lit up one more time. Aww. And he was in his 90s. <laughs> that makes me want to cry. I know. <laughs> so I know. Isn't that crazy? Oh, yes. So, yeah. so wow. that was a really, really fun day. Super fun day. Yeah. yeah. Making mm -hmm. a lot of hearts happy. I mean, we yeah. know from, I mean, we've lived here about four years and the community is just awesome here. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a very welcoming community, but also a community that really cares about the history of Franklin mm -hmm. and about the community. Like it's just, mm -hmm. it's different from other places that I've lived before. And I just love like the warm hearts, but the, yeah. you know what, but this is who we are and we are giving and we're loving to people, yeah. but we want to keep integrity also, you know, what we have here. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And that's what, you know, not only is this a restaurant and we make money, but it's also our platform, my platform to love on people. Yeah. And I love to do that as people walk through the doors. When you're walking through Gray's and you're walking through OBJ and Jillian feels the same way, you are literally walking into our homes and we're right. going to take care of you like you walked into my front door, like mm. you're my grandmother or my aunt or my mom. You know, we're literally going to take care of you. But even more so than that, we love to give back to the community. And we also want all boats to rise. We love the fact that we have other restaurants and bars on our street because that raises the level of competition. But we want you to succeed. We mm -hmm. want everybody down here to succeed. Um, I've served on many boards. I've done lots of things with the mayor. We, with other entrepreneurs down here, we want you to thrive. And that's what we're only, we're doing this on the heels of other people that have done this mm. before. The reason why downtown Franklin looks the way it does and feels the way it does is because of the people. Mm. And it's the people that renovated the streetscapes back in the eighties and that have, you know, did all this volunteer. I mean, most, a lot of it was volunteer, not paid positions. And that's the passion that we're on the heels of and just get to continue to thrive because of that. Yeah. Cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So how did uh, OB Joyful come into the mix? Like what was your vision after opening Gray's like doing OB Joyful? Well, I would love to have about five or six different restaurants <laughs> and bars all together. Um, 
we wanted another building. We wanted another concept. Nothing, not quite like here. You know, Gray's is three floors, lunch, dinner, music venue, private club, event space. It's, it's a beast. Uh, we have about 50 employees here. Between the two restaurants, we have around 70 employees. Mm-hmm. So we want to do something much smaller, something speakeasy. When the people that left that space next door, we told them over and over, please let us have us. Please let you know, come to us first. And they finally did. And so then we did. Uh, we had an amazing bartender that's a dear friend of ours, dear friends of Jillian's, Micah Brom, really my husband, Michael, and Micah it are the two that inspired uh, OBJ. And they okay. just go in. It starts with the space. And you go in and look at your space, and you just figure out what do we want to do. And they want it to be very speakeasy. They definitely want it to be bourbon and whiskey-based, the best in the war, you know, the country. Um, and so that's where it started. And then after that, we had Jillian come on board. She was trained under Micah for a little while. She can tell you more of that story. But we have been blessed with some amazing people that have come into our lives mm. and work for us, Jillian being one of them. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah. Jillian, we hear you're a female beast. So how did you get <laughs> yes. in the mix of all this? Yes. Um, so I've been in the service industry and bars and restaurants just about my whole life, um, had originally started while I was in college, just as a way to, you know, pay my bills while I was still doing school and all of that. Um, but it's just something time and again, I have kept coming back to. And so when my husband and I moved down here, um, from Michigan, um, I was personally in a transitional spot again, where we came down for a job offer on his part. I left what I was doing in Michigan and I was like, okay, well, I need to meet people, one, and I need to make money, two. Where do I do that? Back into bars. Um, So at the time, I was originally working at a spot um, up in Nashville in the Gulch area, but we were living in Franklin. And so pretty much every week, Wednesday or Thursday evenings, my husband and I would go to OBJ. It's like that was our bar spot. It was the first Mm. spot on Main Street we had ever walked into. The first time we visited, when he got the job offer, we meant to have dinner at Gray's. There was a long wait list. Yeah. And they're like, well, we'll just get a drink next door and ended up loving it there and just stayed. So when mm-hmm. we finally moved down here, that was the first spot we went to. That became our regular spot. Um, and, you know, other industry people can recognize industry people. And Micah very quickly was like, what do you what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like we're clicking. I like this. What do you do? Um, and after a few months, he was he just honestly just offered. He was like, do you want a job here? And I was like, I would love a job here. Um, that gives me chills. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, yeah, we, we have since formed a really, really mm. wonderful friendship. He was a huge mentor to me. Um, I had kind of like beer tended in the past. I worked at Founders Brewing Company and got to do a lot of cool stuff there, but I had never worked with cocktails in the way that we do at OBJ. Um, and that was, he was like, oh, that's the easy part. He's like, no problem. He's like, what I need is somebody that knows people Hmm. and knows how to work with people. And he was like, I see that. So Mm -hmm. that's what I need. I can teach you the cocktails. I can teach you how to make whatever you want. That's fine. And I was like, all right, great. So a little bit of just, you know, the rest is history type of thing. (laughs) So what do you feel like has been like the most challenging aspect of the job? Mm. Good question. That is a great question. Ironically, it still also then goes back to the people, especially taking over. um, He knew starting OBJ with the Coles that for his part in it would always be short term. He wanted to help them get it going and then continue on with the rest of his life. He wanted to be a big part and then step away. 
Um, so quickly after I got hired is when we had that conversation where he was like, I didn't just hire you to be a bartender. I want you to take over what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. So mm. when that transition wow. eventually happened, um, you know, I'd had my head kind of ready for it for a while, but I had never managed people. I was a dance teacher for a long time. I was a personal trainer for a while. I was used to managing people in that sense mm-hmm. and having some sort of leadership, but it was a very different thing, especially with the dynamic at OBJ, where I'm not just a floor manager and then there's my bartenders. I bartend full time mm-hmm. as well as running the bar and doing all the things. So these people that in most restaurant structures would just be my like subordinate. Mm-hmm. Th- they are also my coworker. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, we we're friends, right? You're not supposed to have your, <laughs> your employees as like that close, you yeah. know, but, um, but it is just by nature. It's like, I work, you know, side by side with them. We don't have, um, a host. We don't have servers. We don't have a bar back. We have tried that a couple times and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but I mean, it's, it's two of you behind the bar. Mm-hmm. That is the whole bar <laughs> is just you two guest facing and managing everything. So um, navigating that for when you do have to, of course, inevitably have more constructive conversations with people, but you also feel on both sides, you feel like you're on the same, you know, you feel like coworkers. So it's hard when then I have to step up and be like, Hey, but I'm also noticing these things. Right. So this is also the feedback I'm getting. And it just, it gets pretty intermingled. So the it's tough been a, conversations. Yeah. They're very <laughs> tough conversations. Yes. That was yeah. one of the reasons why I wanted to bring her on because what I've seen in Jillian is that she has a really good way of setting boundaries mm-hmm. and she's able to communicate those boundaries in a, constru- in, a, in a very constructive way. Also, you know, compassion and grace and mercy comes through, but you know, we, both live by a spirit of excellence and eye mm-hmm. for detail. And that's across the board. That's if you're cleaning the bathroom. That's if you're, you know, cleaning out a cooler. That's mm-hmm. for ourself as well. And I saw that. And so when when you when you live like that, then you expect everybody else to live like that. You run a business like that. But um, her management skills and her entrepreneur thoughts of how she does things are over the top. Mm. I mean, I just get so excited. I love to come to her meetings when she does her (laughs) meetings with her team, which she does regularly. She does um, outings regularly. You know, she does all the things that builds her team up to be their very best, their Mm. absolute very best, sets them up for success, but then also can reprimand them and fire them. And she has friends of her, you know, if you have to you know, mm-hmm. which was a first for her, but she's, she is a sponge and just, you know, everything soaks in and then she takes the good, the bad, however she wants to do her style and, and applies it. Well, you did a good segue because my question was as the owner, mm-hmm. how do you kind of give that authority and facilitate your vision mm-hmm. and how you would see them running your baby yeah. and trust them with it? You know what I mean? Right. Well, and then you got to have Michael in the mix as well, which throws another little, you know, wrench when you have co-owners that are married. Yeah. Mm. And that's not always, you know, the best scenario, but that is what it is. And it is our baby. Over the years, we, um, you know, for the first eight years, I managed and owned, Michael managed and owned. So we were like, you know, Jillian, we were literally here pulling shifts. Um, and you might, you tend to micromanage a little bit more when you're here and, you know, because you're actually working side by side with them. Mm -hmm. But now we've gotten so much better. Well, we don't micromanage. We want to give 
these responsibilities away. We trust mm-hmm. them. It goes back to trust. It goes back to integrity. You know, the th- when I was interviewing every single person that walked through the doors, I would ask them two questions or actually three. What does it mean to have a servant's heart? What does that mean to you? A lot of people don't even know what that means. What does it mean to have a servant's heart? What does it mean to be a team player? And then what is the word hospitality to you? Hmm. How does that look? How does that feel? How do you extend hospitality? Those three things you cannot teach somebody. It's either mm-hmm. in, in, your, in you or it's not. That doesn't mean you have to be a type A personality because we don't want all type A's around here. It does not. It does <laughs> not work. But you, you're either a server, you have a servant's heart, or you're not. Yeah. You're either a, a giver or a taker. It's and that's good. just life yeah. across the board. Mm-hmm. And she's I a agree. giver. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Wow. Very, very cool. I've never heard like someone say that. Like, like, yeah, that those are their criteria, like when they're looking Mm -hmm. for people. And I just think that's like awesome, especially because, you know, it's like it's a business of people like y'all are saying. And it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, how are you going to treat the guests in, you know, it feels like a home away from home, you know, like how are you going to do that? And it can look different for different people, right? Like you're saying, hospitality can look like so different for different personalities, Mm -hmm. but, um, I love, I love that. That's very yeah. cool. And you know, when, when you trust someone, she may not ask that exact question, but she knows what my heart is. She knows the type of people and we make mistakes. Right. I mean, oh, we've course. hired people that yeah. were definitely not servers <laughs> yeah. or servants, yeah. you know, but, um, but they, all my managers know mm-hmm. what, how we feel and what we want yeah. at the end of the day. pretty quickly because of that mindset. Um, you know, when I hire people, I try to, go kind of with that same perspective that Joni has and looking for what I know she'd be looking for because I remember the first time I sat down with her was very impactful. I remember thinking to myself like, okay, so this is not just another restaurant. Right. Like mm-hmm. this is ownership that is present. This is people that care, which frankly is just not always the right. deal in the service industry. It's definitely not. <laughs> no. And a lot of it, especially on my side as still being actively in it as a bartender, it can be, there's a lot of pretty toxic work environments, unfortunately, just both with like personal habits and structures within Mm -hmm. a restaurant or a bar. It's oftentimes not super great. Um, And something that always stands out to me, I I don't think you even know how often I think about this is Joni's very firm about just because that is normal for the industry does not mean it is the norm for us. Mm. And I try to lead a lot of my decisions with that often of like, mm-hmm. I don't care if that's the norm and this is the pattern that's normally happening. I don't want to be perpetuating that. I've worked in toxic places. Mm-hmm. I, If I'm going to be in charge of this now, that is an opportunity and a responsibility on my end to change that pattern mm-hmm. and create a better work environment for so, everyone. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that comes down to, yes, you do have to let go of somebody who's now making it less productive and less healthy and less positive. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just on my side of, Joni mentioned um, doing like staff days. I mm-hmm. try to hold at least one main one. And if I can work in a smaller one, one to two a year of like a staff appreciation day. And I structure them to still be productive of, I usually work with one of the brands. We're very fortunate being in Franklin and Nashville that there's a lot of brand representatives that live here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's just it's not the case for everywhere. And I sometimes forget that and take it for granted, but I'm able to utilize these brands. They have budgets for doing these types of things. So we work together 
we kind of break it up into three parts of the day of a volunteering portion, giving back to the community, whether mm. it's here in Williamson County or Isn't up in fabulous? Nashville. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Mm. Dry. Yes. <laughs> really yeah. dry. <laughs> um, we do more of like an activity-based fun thing. In the past, we've been able to combine some of that, like doing a river cleanup and kayaking, because some of my staff is really passionate about the outdoors. I'm very passionate about animals. So mm -hmm. one of those times we did uh, National Puppy Day at the National Humane Aww. Society. Um, we did go-karting and music city indoor go-karts it's like volunteering activity fun get everybody you know loosened up and just kind of silly and then we finish with like drinks and some snacks at somewhere that again the brand also has an account somewhere else and they take us out and they take care of us but mm -hmm. it's like trying to make those changes of like you know every restaurant is going to say like we're a family well that's you can say that but like you need the actionable steps behind it totally for yeah. it to really be impactful. Well, we've been talking about That's this great. lately, just from just things that we've witnessed in our life, our own jobs, stuff we've happened mm -hmm. with, you know, in the past and stuff that it really, and I am a firm believer that I think like good things come from the top. Mm -hmm. I really, I really believe that. Yeah. And has to, you know, if, if the person at the top and it makes total sense in the beginning, it is hard to trust. It's hard to, you know, it's your thing. And so it takes a little time, yeah. but it, I love that you're like, I, I gave into just the trusting the right people and like, trusting my heart and my gut and what I wanted this vision to be. And then you allowed your vision, you allowed it to, you know, people to do it, you know, right. <laughs> you, you let people actually do it. And mm -hmm. that's, that's what the problem that I think that we've experienced in the past is like you hire people for a job, but then it's like, well, I'm going to cut you under your feet and I'm not going to actually let you do everything that I've hired you to do, you right. know, um, yeah. but still guiding and being in there, but letting the people yeah. flourish in their role. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I can't imagine the type of leap, leap of faith that that yeah. requires yeah. because when I took over managing OBJ, I mean, I, I had ideas. I had stuff I wanted to do and tweaks I wanted to make. And the bar program looks very different than it did mm -hmm. a couple years ago when yeah. I took over. And, you know, I mean, I, I can't it's, stress enough how yeah. grateful I am. Yeah. That. I mean, it was just like time and time again, they were like, okay, we'll try it out. Yeah try. They're like, if it doesn't work, then, you know, we can talk about it, but like, sure, try yeah. it out. And then it's just been a pattern over and over. They've also have been <laughs> so wonderful to let me figure out what doesn't work also mm -hmm. of like, it hasn't been, like she said, of just trying to pull back on like that micromanaging mentality of she, they've been so great of like, they can see and trust that if I've done something and I'm like, uh, that didn't have the result that I really was hoping for. I go ahead and change that. And then we talk about it later of they address like, hey, I'm glad that, uh, you know, I could see X, Y, Z. Yeah. But mm -hmm. yeah, the faith there is just like, a lot of open communication. <laughs> too. I'm like, I know I'm a micromanager. Yeah. So I'm like, I, woo, I well, can't imagine. I, yeah. I mean, what you <laughs> said, isn't that great management skills? Yes. On her part? Yes. And 100%. so mature. Yes. No. Very. I mean, so that's why she's going to be able to own something at yeah, some point. Because totally. She's going to run her business like that. Yeah. Which is fabulous. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I just I love when I see businesses that are, you know, thriving like this. And yeah. I can see it is because of the environment. Like you mentioned mm -hmm. toxic workspaces. I think every person in the world has oh, probably well, experienced that at one time. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I think that that's the number one reason people leave jobs is because of it being not good, you know, mm -hmm. because of whatever the dynamic is. And so it's so important that you have a healthy love that you're taking them oh, out absolutely. and you're doing these, like you're creating this, you know, thing here. And yeah. I just love it. I think it's great. Jillian, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. What's the top thing in your mind that stands out from, you know, a future owner mm -hmm. uh, that you've learned from from Joni as far as mm. a female owner? Yeah. 
Wow. Like, what can you take away from like working under her and like watching her on a day to day basis? Um, And this might be potentially overly specific to also then my situation, but I've really learned a lot watching her dynamic co-own this with Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that first specifically to myself because my husband is also an entrepreneur and he's incredibly supportive of the things that I do. Um, but I know that if, if slash when I get into my own space, I know I'm going to want some of his feedback. And I also know that I'm going to need feedback from other important people um, around me. It it can't just be myself. Mm. And that, as she said, I mean, that's hard Mm -hmm. if, especially if it's going to be yours and it's your baby, but then to, I mean, literally partner with somebody and you're not always going to agree and figuring out which times you need to yield or they need to yield. I mean, it's just, it's been interesting and very enlightening to kind of watch some of that dynamic as it goes down and how some of those conversations go and how just sometimes it needs time and space and going back to things and just kind of, I mean, watching all of that dynamic, honestly, because I think in the past for myself, I've been a very aggressively independent person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I mean, there's, you put so much more of a limit on your success and your potential and your growth. If it's so, linear and one-sided in that way yeah very cool yeah love that that. Mm -hmm. so i did want to switch over and ask joni just about some of the top items on the menu right now that people need to be trying Mm -hmm. what are Mm -hmm. some things that you're really excited about well i'm always excited about our cocktails and our wine you know with it being our 10-year anniversary on our menu we brought back uh, some of our favorites from the past 10 years and on the actual menu the person that's created the cocktail is listed like micah He's got two on there. Uh, Kevin Dubinsky, who is our current bar manager, he's been with us for about eight years in different capacities. He's got a couple. Kayla Ellis, which is another bar manager back in the day, and now she works for Empire, you know, which is another thing that we love. We love how we can speak into people's lives and we give them um, we, we give them more tools in their toolbox when they move on somewhere else. But they're always part of our family, mm-hmm. always part of our family. I mean, Kayla went to other restaurants and bars, but she'll mm-hmm. always be part of our family and part of our story, part of our great story. The Anthem Spirit is one that um, um, John Yeager, who helped us start this business 10 years ago with his ideas and his thoughts, he created, and we've sold over 100,000 of those mm-hmm. drinks. That is crazy. Wow. That's yes, we've been written up in Garden and Gun. We've won lots of awards. It's just, it's you know, back in the day when these bricks were laid or built, um, Brandy was the go-to spirit. So at the beginning, the first seven or eight years of, of Gray's life, we wanted a lot of Brandy influence. We still do have a lot of Brandy influence. So that is a Brandy drink and then made with some apricot magnolia bitters as well. Mm. So just it's, it's just a fabulous drink. If you haven't had it, you should get it. Mm-hmm. We also want to do some throwback to some of our great items uh, that we've eaten in or served in the past, over the past 10 years. So for the month of August, every Every day you're going to see, we're going to celebrate the whole, the 10 year for the entire month. 
a lot of different marketing, Instagram, lots of ideas, uh, features that you're going to remember when you come in here, like the pear pizza, which was one of our favorites. That's one of Jillian's favorites. With gorgonzola <laughs> and some great pear, a great balsamic on some flatbread. That's amazing. But what a lot of people come in for is that upscale Southern food. That's what they want. Then they also mm. like to have some weird things like duck or uh, um, elk. We had mm. elk for a hot minute. We had a duck pot pie. Uh, we always have a great fish. Our filet, we have Wagyu. They're always over the top delicious. But upscale Southern, shrimp and grits, uh, fried chicken. You know, we, we uh, marinate our fried chicken in milk overnight and just, you know, all kinds of different things that we do just to make it super delicious. We also support local. So we get most all of our purveyors, our ingredients are from local um, people around. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, wow, this has been awesome. It's been awesome. Been yes. Great. Very enlightening. <laughs> and um, yeah, where can people find you guys on Instagram? Social media. Tell us where they find you. Yeah. Okay. So for Gray's, we are on uh, Facebook, Gray's, Gray's on Main. Instagram, it's Gray's Franklin. Mm -hmm. And then OBJ is also OBJ Franklin. Yes. Instagram. Jillian does my Instagram for OBJ, and it's just sure like over the top. It's yeah, beautiful. Lots you. of stories. We have a wonderful Try. girl, Buffy um, Beryl, who's with uh, lovely Franklin. Yeah, yes. shout out to Buffy. Buffy. We love Buffy. Yes. Yes. She, does she does a lot for Franklin. Yes, she yes. does. She does. She's and she's huge. another strong female exactly. entrepreneur. Yes. Yeah. We love that. We love Buffy. Yes, well, we do too. everybody, you need to come visit. Grace. She's on May. And it'll be joyful. And it'll be joyful. You can't miss the big sign. It's right in the middle of mm -hmm. Main Street. Yeah. It's great. Tell Jillian we sent you over. She'll make you a great cocktail. Yes, she always joyful. makes she always yes. makes us good cocktails. Yes, thank you, Joni. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Jillian. Thank you, Jillian. Thank you, guys. Yes. Thank you guys. Cheers, y'all. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>